Welcome to Business Talk with Henrietta. This is the show where we speak with the most up-and-coming female entrepreneurs to figure out how they've built the life of their dreams. This episode is also sponsored by the Scandinavian furniture company Produkta. This episode is sponsored by a fantastic shoe brand for empowering women, Rockamore Shoes. This episode is also sponsored by the Norwegian accountancy system Tripleback. And today we are back in Copenhagen in the studio in the middle of Copenhagen with the impressing Therese Ask. She is the co-founder of Impression PR and she has more than 10 years of experience in the PR industry with nine of them being self-employed as the co-founder of Impression PR. Wow. And she's been in this industry for a long time. She's been an entrepreneur for a long time. And you also have a passion to share your knowledge and experiences uh, as an entrepreneur. And that's why she also created Busy Girl Podcast back in 2018, which is also one of the podcasts I discovered a long time ago, I think, Three years ago, when I when I didn't have a podcast or didn't have my own company, I I was always inspired because I was going to Denmark and I found found your podcast there, and you are actually Denmark's first podcast focusing on motivating and inspiring young female professionals through your community podcasts and events. And I also attended one of your events, Busy Girl Career Club, and you're probably having a new one. You can tell everything about this, and I'm very excited to hear your you know your journey how it has been to build Impression PR from scratch and also run the podcast for now five years almost, right? And yeah, you have resilience, girl. So (laughs) welcome to the studio. Thank you. What a beautiful introduction. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like the introduction was a bit, you know, all over the place because you are also all over the place but I you also have your focus all over right the place girl <laughs> yeah tell me but tell me like how how do you feel today i feel great yeah i really do why i'm just in a good place in my life you know i i go to work every morning just doing what i love to do and i just wonder wow my partner and I, we built all this for ourselves even i was really thinking about this morning because this year the market is pretty tough And it's not always easy, but still, like you say, you know, it's been nine years. So in these times, I'm even still calm because I'm like, well, it's going to be fine because we made it nine years and we have so many things going on. Yeah. PR agency podcast. We just actually launched a new podcast. Exactly. Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. This this is something we're going to dig into (laughs) later. So just keep the excitement there. I'll hold back for now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I want to ask you about this cuz this is very very exciting and tell us about yourself like just take people through your upbringing what made you the person you are today. So, I am almost 35 and I was born in Denmark, but I'm born into a very international family. We have a lot of family members from all over the world, people living all over the world. So, I always grew up knowing that I probably wasn't going to be in Denmark forever or all the time. And when I was uh, 13, I was super lucky to get the chance to move to Prague in the Czech Republic with my family. Mm. And we lived there for four years. My dad was working there. And I think that part of my life really made me kind of form into the person that I am today because it was 
such a wild experience, not knowing anyone, not knowing really the language, being put into an international school, mm. no friends, 13-year-old girl. It's already a tough age. You know, you need to find new friends. You need to learn a new language. Mm-hmm. It was super challenging for the first year, but then I saw the benefits that started happening when you have been super challenged and out of your comfort zone. The excitement that comes then when things start flowing, you know, you get the friends and you finally get the language and everything kind of falls into place. And I think that really has built my resilience. I'm never afraid to do anything. Exactly. And this kind of resonates with, you know, challenges is only there to teach you something and that teached you to get that drive right because this is also my next question about you because nine years as an entrepreneur of course there's been ups and downs and you need to stick through what what drove you what's your drive from from starting all this except your challenge as a child but but why did you always want to become an entrepreneur I think I just, I never really knew the term entrepreneur growing up, but I grew up seeing my mom having her own business and always having very much a positive outlook on life. She always said to us, you can do exactly what you want to with your life. And so did my dad. We grew up with a lot of support from home. And I think I was lucky that I didn't feel like I had to go to a specific, you know, a specific way. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go. I studied at Copenhagen Business School after high school which was my own choice. I was interested in that at the time, but mm. I never felt like pressure from my family, mm. at least not a lot, um, and maybe more from the older generation, if anyone. Mm. So I knew kind of the world was at my feet, and I just always had so many ideas. There was always so many things I wanted to do. I found myself in my first jobs in my 20s that every time I came with ideas to my boss, they would be kind of like overwhelmed, like, yeah, yeah, okay, calm down. Let's see, you know, for now, let's stick with this. And I was just like, come on, let's go, you know, (laughs) let's make things happen. So I quickly realized that no one is going to follow my pace if I don't own the business. Like, Mm. I need to do things my own way. Mm. So... I think it was just, it wasn't so much like a dream of becoming an entrepreneur as it was just like a dream of creating my own lifestyle and yeah. work and being so passionate about certain industries that I was like, the only way I can get this passion out is if I do it myself. <laughs> exactly. You were actually just really, really stubborn. Yeah. <laughs> and and you- it's kind of, I mean, well, I'm sure we'll get into this later, but translates to my private life. If there's something I really, really want, I will just really, really do it, even if I have to do it by myself. So exactly. we'll get back to that. <laughs> we'll get back to that because... You are now in the PR industry and you have built this PR company from scratch. Just take us through how how is it? How is this industry if you want to go into PR events? I know you are very have a really aesthetic outlook, you know, you know how to put up events, how to make things look really good, right? Because I think sometimes PR is all about making something look good making something scrappy maybe look like a good brand or something you want to try out so tell us just about the PR industry in in general and how it is to build a company there yeah I mean it's I love the PR industry it's super interesting we always worked mainly with beauty and lifestyle brands which is just something that is a personal interest of mine and my business partner so it was quite natural 
the beauty industry can be tough, but it's it's quite like people are very nice and are actually super helpful. I know it can be a bit more tough maybe in fashion, but in beauty, I I mean, I won't speak on that because I haven't tried it. These are just, yeah, yeah. you know, what I hear. But beauty can also, of course, be like, you know, people pushing forward. But mm-hmm. in general, I find the industry really, really open-minded, positive. You know, everyone is really welcome and it's just like a nice Mm -hmm. and accepting space. Mm -hmm. As for like the industry and the kind of work life, Mm -hmm. it's definitely a very outgoing industry. If you want to be in PR, you know, normally I never say I don't think there's it's better or worse to be extroverted or introverted. Mm -hmm. Depends just what your personality type is and what you like to do. But in specifically PR, I think. It might not be the most fun industry if you are very introverted as a person. Mm-hmm. It's a very social industry. There are a lot of events, a lot of networking, lots of, you know, yeah, you have to stand up maybe in front of a crowd and present yeah. this new brand to the press or to influencers. And yeah, you have to be quite outgoing. But it's a really, really interesting industry if you like communication mm-hmm. and media, talking, mm-hmm. writing. All that stuff. For me, I always wanted to work at a magazine when I was mm. younger. I think I had that dream of like... Mm, that New York dream. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I grew up... I'm a bit older than you. It's Yeah, I grew up with Sex in the City, The Hills, all that stuff. So for me, it was such a dream. And But I never really knew what PR was. So when I found out how you can kind of do a lot of those same things, but on like representing a brand side, I was just really intrigued by that. Mm, interesting. But what what is like um, your big, your client's biggest concerns when you get out there? You know, talking about you have to convince someone about buying something. You also need to convince the influencers into buying products or trying products. What What is your, you know, the people you work with, your, the brands, what are their biggest concerns right now? Okay, so before we go further with the conversation, I'm gonna talk a bit about my sponsor. I am a proud ambassador and also user of their products. This is Rockamore Shoes. I really, really love their shoes. They are the most comfortable high-heeled shoes you can probably ever find. So they have stores both in Oslo, in Prinsensgate 12, and also in Copenhagen and several other several other places in, in Denmark. But the good thing about Rockamore and also why I wanted to have them as my sponsor of this podcast and promote them uh, to you guys is because they have a strong vision. They really believe that women should be able to stand strong in themselves. And they also preach that people that are maybe weird or different and people that deserves to have their voice heard should also be promoted. So I really think that vision is so strong. And also if you are thinking about building your own business, I think it's important to think about what is your identity? What do you really want to stand for and talk about? So you should definitely check out their website, their shoes and their Instagram, Rockamore Shoes, to figure out more about who they're supporting and what they're standing for. I think they are great. Mm, I mean, I don't know if they actually have like, I mean, I'm sure they have some concerns, but it's not something that fills a lot. It's more like the opportunities Mm. rather than like the the limitations that are the focus. So they have plans, they have goals, there's things we want to make happen, whether it's events or other part of their PR plan. Um, I would say their main focus for a lot of brands for these past few years has been 
way more value-based. You know, when I started in PR, it was enough to talk about a nice lipstick. Now the consumer wants to know, okay, how was it made? Mm. How do you, how does your whole value chain look like? How does, you know, how do the people working there look, you know, is everyone the same kind of profile? Like, Mm. are we diverse? You know, all these things are so much more focused on these things today, which thank God, because that's the only thing that will change the world for the better. Mm. But it's definitely a big request for some brands, especially big global brands mm-hmm. that can be sometimes maybe afraid of, of yeah. taking a stance on certain points. So yeah. that's something we work with a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I wanted. To, I just wanted to hear more about the industry because you think it's really a lot of things and you, you see all these events and, and you, you think about how do you actually create that and there's actually a lot of hard work in yeah. behind with networking, sticking through, resilience, all of this. So first I want to know what's your best networking tips then? I think the best networking tips is to really get put yourself out there be in places where you can talk to other people get to know other people Mm -hmm. whether that's an event of course the events we do as a PR agency Mm -hmm. are very um, press focused so you can't just show up as a regular person that is not working for a magazine or is not an influencer and just wants you know be invited to this event because it is not a customer event it's a press event Mm -hmm. but if you are um, looking to network that's why we do a lot of other events as well for our podcast community because we really want to bring that out and especially get young women to kind of get out of that comfort zone and network. And my best advice is to really just at least show up because I find, you know, that is often the hardest part, especially yeah. if you don't know anyone going. You're like, can I go alone? And There's I think something you remember in, that yeah, from yeah, our yeah. last event. So many people showed up alone. And yeah. once they realized, oh, everyone else is here alone too. Everyone started talking and yeah. it was such a good flow. Um, and then I think always following up, like on LinkedIn, you know, make sure you connect with the people. What I always do is if I have a meeting with someone for the first time, like I did this morning, a potential client, I will go and add them on LinkedIn after. So they're now a part of my network to stay relevant with them as well. Because mm-hmm. even though, even if we don't end up working together, then I'll be like in the loop for them and they might remember us another time. Mm-hmm. So it's just really important to follow up with the contacts that you also make. Mm, that's a really good advice to always make sure you have them in your network. So all you that listens should just, you know, start doing that and get over. There was one comment I wanted to make because in Norway we have this expression called Mila. Okay. Which is like the the enormous long mile of actually getting out ah, of the door. The door, yeah. Okay, get it. Yeah. And that's like that's, that's what you're saying, so right? True. Fuck that door Mila and get out there. But isn't it kind of like that when you think about it for everything? Like if you are discussing yeah. with yourself if you want to go to the gym, mm-hmm. what you're mm-hmm. really discussing is if you want to move your ass down to the gym. It's not the actual workout because once you step into the gym, you just do it. Yeah. You know? You don't exactly. sit there and just do nothing. So the real thing you're debating with yourself is if you want to get out of your damn door. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And that inner battle in your mind, yeah, ooh, that can be so hard sometimes in terms of, you, you know. You just need to leave your door, yeah. get out the door, don't think about it, and then deal with whatever is in front of you when you're there. Like, you will be okay. Exactly. Okay, I'm taking a quick break here because the next one minute is going to be an ad in Norwegian. 
Ja, då vill jag stolt snack om min nya sponsor, nämligen Ajod produkter. Ajod produkter, det är er ett imponerande sällskap som har i all sin drift varit familjeägd och det står det stor respekt i. De har byggt sig upp sedan 70-talet och nu är er de i 19 land. Ajod produkter säljer allt från kontormöbler, butikmöbler, inredning till konferenser, garderoba och till och med möbler till skolan. De har faktiskt allt vad du kan tänka till kontoret. Och många tror att Ajod produkter producerar vara utanför Europa, men det här stämmer faktiskt inte. De har många vara producerat i Europa i hög kvalitet och mycket är er också egenproducerat. Hos Ajod produkter så får man mycket för pengarna. Prisen dem är er förnuftig, så hvis du är er på utsikt efter nya kontormöbler eller bara en enkel uppbevaringsbox, ett skap eller häve senkebord till hemkontoret så lovar jag det. Ajod produkter, de har så mycket på hemsidan deras. Så det er bara att gå in och checka ut vad de har. Jag har lagt till en länk till hemsidan deras här i beskrivelsen och du De leverer faktisk til hele Norge. Yeah. But there might also be moments where your motivation is really low or you've had, as an entrepreneur, you know, I try to talk a lot about this as well, tackling no's. Mm. Tackling the no's from potential clients, potential people on your podcast or potential sponsors or whatever. How... How do you tackle that and like when you kind of fall down and your motivation seems not to be there and how do you kind of keep moving and never give up? Do you have an example of like an incident where where this happened to you where you like in your nine years as an entrepreneur where you got to know and you thought, okay, this is the end of my career now. Now I need to, you know, stop this. And what made you raise up again? You know, I mean... I think it's important that you never put all your eggs in one basket so that you can end up having that feeling because there was never a moment that because something negative happened that I was like, my career is over because I would never (laughs) give anyone that much power. For example, when we started our PR agency, we always knew we want several brands. It doesn't have to, we don't want just one big client because what if that client after a few years wants to try something different? Like now we can't have a salary so we need to like place out be more secure mm. and that's why we made a PR agency because then it is the norm that you have different clients mm. um, and we do that in every aspect of our business so there there's never like any one no that can make the whole thing fall but yeah. of course when you get a no especially in the beginning of your career mm. the first times you get no's it sucks you know now I can still get frustrated sometimes it's more so if it's something that I spent a lot of time on like there was a few years back when we had a big pitch with a potential client and it took a really long time it was like months of negotiations meetings blah 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 and in the end they decided to go another way and that's just the name of the game sometimes Mm. but because we spent so many hours it was just like they just seem like a waste at the time but I think you need to always remember that nothing is ever wasted time because Mm -hmm. every time something doesn't go right you learn so much from that and you can use that in the future I honestly think you learn most valuable things from your failures 
And then I think when you get the nose, it's very rarely that it's personal. It might feel personal in the beginning when you just have launched your business and it's the first time and mm. you put yourself out there. It is really overwhelming. But just try to remember it's not a no to you like we don't like you it's just you know we don't have the budget right now or mm. we want to go in a different route mm. so now because I've been in the game so many years I never it's it's never something that mm. makes me sad or or you know it can be frustrating more like I said if I spend a lot of hours on it because in my business you know what we're paid for is time so if you spend a lot of time on something that ends up not generating any money that's just kind of frustrating from a business standpoint, but it's not something that I take home with me and I feel like hurt in my heart about it because business is business. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, business is business. You have to business. be a little tough. Like, it doesn't mean they don't like you, you know? Yeah. Toughen up and think about business is not personal and personal is not business. Kind exactly. of. And a little pause here in the conversation. I'm preaching that we should do what we feel passionate about. And that's why I also chose to outsource my accounting to Triple Tax. So what you can do is that you can try Triple Tax in 14 days for free if you need a new accounting system. And especially if your company is registered in Norway, I've also posted a link for you down here so you can check it out there. But talking about personal, uh, like it's it's also so personal things happening in this world. You know, you are also sharing a lot about yourself and your personal journey as an entrepreneur, which is also really important for yeah. your branding and your building of trust and community. So tell us first about how do you build your your personal branding and your yeah how do you brand yourself? So I think. You know, when everything, when you have a natural passion for something, it just kind of happens. At least that's been my journey. I'm sure there's also many that have an experience where they really wrote down a plan. Like, I want my name to get out there. This is how I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. But I think if you don't have that natural mm -hmm. interest in something, it just kind of, you can see through that pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. But when there's something you're so passionate about and you can't stop talking about it, posting about it, whatever... It's just that's kind of how it started for me. So I wasn't really having a specific plan for building a personal brand five years ago. I was just frustrated after being an entrepreneur for a few years mm. that there was no like good podcast in Denmark about entrepreneurship and yeah. self-development and productivity hacks and all this stuff. I was listening to all these American podcasts. I'm like, why does no one do that here? Yeah. And everyone, all my friends were like, why don't you make one? You know, you're yeah. the perfect person to do that. So then I went and Googled, how do you start a podcast? And I ended up starting Busy Girl, learning myself everything from scratch. And then it just, at one point, I was like, okay, you know, especially after being self-employed for like plus five years, I was like, a lot of people are actually asking my advice now on things. Clearly some people, maybe not all, but some people look up to me, look for advice, look for mentorship. I mean, I am kind of an expert in this field, you know, and I think that's really important when you are an entrepreneur is when you build something, you have a tendency to think you are a startup all the time. But at some point, you have to be like, okay, I've employed myself for plus five years or six years or whatever. I'm not like a small startup anymore. I actually know what I'm talking about and I have some experience and I think I, you know, I enjoy sharing it because it's not everyone that enjoys sharing that stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you like to be a little public like me and you can't really stop sharing then I think it just comes natural so for me it was like every time I had a new podcast episode out 
I would post it on my Instagram and I made an Instagram for the podcast. Mm. And then I started being more on LinkedIn. And mm. sometimes I started being invited for the, especially the past few years for some like speaking engagements and panel talks. And, you know, putting yourself out there more and more creates also, you know, if you're attending an event and you're mm. speaking on stage, of course, you want to share that. So mm. now, of course, I have more strategy for my personal branding. And it's something that I actively put on my to-do list, like update your LinkedIn, because you want to make sure that you keep that vibe going. Mm. But it was kind of random how yeah. it started. You know, it wasn't like a specific recipe. Mm. Um, but now with the take up a ways I have from that, I definitely feel like yeah, I could give some good recipes on how it, to do it. Exactly, but it kind of speaks to your engagement and why you also had a lot of people following you because you did it out of pure passion. Yeah, and I think that's for me. It's it's so important to have that passion and know why you're doing what you're doing. And I always preach this, you know, go into yourself, find your values, find out what you really, really care about, and what yeah. you are good at, and what you're bad at, and you know what direction you can go. What what is your best skills, Teresa? I think one of my best skills is being very reflective. So I think a lot about you know experiences I have and I use even the more difficult times or you know if I'm having I experienced something that was maybe not the most fun. Let's say I had a fight with a friend or my mom or something that happened an argument that's not really comfortable in the moment. I always think after, what what did I learn from it? What's my takeaway? And mm. often I actually use these experiences as ideas for my podcast episodes mm -hmm. because it's my real life going through things. So also with the positives, of course, but when something happens that's a bit more tough, it's actually like a really good healing for yourself to find out why did I actually feel that way and just kind of reflect on the things you do and why. I do the same if I have a very strong opinion on something. I started reflecting, do I have this opinion because it's actually my opinion or because that's how I grew up hearing from society that's how things should be? You know, do I know mm. why I have this opinion or not? So I think being so reflective helps me a lot in building content, whether it's on the podcast or LinkedIn or whatever. Yeah. And I think hopefully that tickles something for someone else where they also start then reflecting about it because I think it's important, you know, we're all learning all the time no mm. one is perfect and I think if you instead of just not taking things seriously if you actually think about some of these things you can really put yourself up for success next time it happens mm, exactly yeah um I was about to th I thought about one thing that I read in a book uh, which I also can recommend to everyone listening to this uh, the code of the extraordinary mind which is a book uh, written by Vishen Lakiani. He's yeah, a genius and he's also talking about these rules that are in society, which he calls actually bullshit rules, mm -hmm. which may be rules that you're grown up with. You are grown up with rules that you need to go to work every day, eight to five, and that's how your life is supposed to be the next 60 years. That's a bullshit rule because you can actually design your life the way you want it. Yeah. And that's what you have done. And I think that's really inspiring. And you're doing th things in, you know, your own way. And and you don't let anyone tear you down. If you want to do this, you just do that, right? But what has been your biggest challenge then now as an entrepreneur? Maybe you're in a challenge right now or maybe you was last year. What's, what's up? Mm, I think 
my biggest challenge, especially for the first few years, was kind of finding a rhythm with everything. Because when you are driven by passion, you want to work all the time. Yeah. You know, you're like, I don't care if it's I Monday or Saturday. I am just bringing my computer with me. I worked so many hours, which I definitely think you should if you're working mm. on building a dream. I'm not saying you should like not work on it. But mm. I think it's very important to have a schedule for yourself and you can always modify it depending on you know, what's going on. So, I mean, I still often work a few hours over the weekend because I still enjoy my work and I will get, you know, I'll get an idea and I will have to write it down because I'm like, oh, we have to do this or do that. But now I have much more a framework as to when am I off, when am I not. And then, of course, if an idea pops into my head, I like note it down in my notes or something so I can circle back to it later. But I think it is the biggest misunderstanding that as an entrepreneur, you need to work 24 hours you should never sleep, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's so important that you have a good, you know, get your sleep, have a good routine mm. for your day, whatever that looks like. That's individual for all of us. But just kind of take accountability of your day and your time because otherwise everything can really blur together. And I actually ended up having, after a few years, when we had started Impression PR, I got some really bad like things that started happening to my body I was like what's happening and I found out it was stress symptoms oh. because I never got to relax and what I was, was the always symptoms? Um, well my feet were like swelling up like crazy I couldn't even fit my shoes my heart was beating so fast it just you know a lot of physical um, signs because I wasn't listening to my body so in, it started with like the heart pounding and then I wasn't reacting to that and that's a smart thing with our body it will always tell us then, you know, it the thing with my feet happened. Like, it will just be new things that it will put on you until you stop and listen. Mm. And so um, I thought something was seriously wrong. I went to the hospital, got all sorts of tests, and they were like, you're completely fine. And then... You're just stressed. And then they're like, how do you work? How many hours? How do you, you know, started asking all these things. And they're like, these are stress symptoms. You need to stop. You need to turn off notifications on your phone. You can't, you know, all these things. And I was like, mind blown. (laughs) So today I'm very strict with these things. I mean, of course, we're all humans and we all fail sometimes with our phone and social media and all this stuff. But I'm very mindful of it. And now I always feel when I have that beginning feeling, I will do something about it. I will be like, okay, you know tell us what's your what what do you do like how does a regular day for you look like when you feel like you've had a really good day where you've used all your techniques on how to balance and routine your day so what is the perfect day for you with your routines with social media waking up working out eating all this take us through it okay so the perfect day for me i'm all about i have this thing that i say that i totally stole from my personal trainer maybe i'll send him a link to this episode because he never understands my podcast because it's in danish oh uh, yeah but this he will enjoy so he actually said to me it's a personal trainer i've worked with him for two years known him for years yeah um before that and he said you need to work out in the morning because win the morning win the day And I was like, that sounds horrible because I used to always work out at night and I would always procrastinate and it would be like later and later and later. He's like, you need to switch your schedule because this is not working for you. It works for some people, but not for me. So then I got used to that and now I love it. So I always start my day with a big glass of water. Then I take my dog for a walk and then I go to the gym. I go to the gym five mornings a week. Well, it's, like what time do you wake up? Okay, I wake up by myself. I don't wake up to an alarm clock because I'm so obsessed with sleep, which is ironic 
because I'm pregnant, but we'll talk about well, that Yeah, but later. that's my next question. Stop now. But oh my God. Like you wake up without an alarm clock. Yep. This would be insane for me. I am such a big sleeper. I could sleep 12 hours if you just yeah, didn't put a clock on. Yeah, but that's because you're still young. Yeah. Trust me, it happened. And I'm enjoying this while I still can. Okay, okay. so that's oh, why yeah. I said it. I'm enjoying it to the fullest because... I kind of taught myself, I know in my body, if I sleep seven and a half hours, some like between seven and a half and eight, I'm just completely rested. Perfect. And I will wake up by myself. So if I go to sleep, I always have an alarm on my phone at 7.30 just as a backup in case that I would oversleep, but it rarely happens. So if I go to sleep at 11 the night before, I'll wake up by myself sometime between 7 and 7.15. I'll just wake up and be like... <laughs> ready oh, for the day oh nice and it's so nice and then I'll turn off my alarm because I didn't need it you know so it's just a backup and it's just the best way of waking up I hate that freaking alarm clock on the iPhone it's the most stressful way yeah. of waking up yeah Um. but what I do is I put my phone the night before mm-hmm. in my closet in the entrance so <laughs> yeah You're forcing yourself to get up. (laughs) So both, I don't look at it in bed before I fall asleep because that's a terrible habit. And I think we've all been there. Yeah. And then if the alarm goes off before I've woken up, it's very annoying in the moment that you have to get up to turn it off. But then you're up. Yeah. Because this news thing is just not a good plan. No. So, yeah, I wake up by myself around 7, 7.15, drink my big glass of water, put on a workout outfit. I'm out the door. At the latest, 7.30 with my dog. Walk her for half an hour. Put her back up in the apartment. Luckily, the gym is neighbor building to my house, to my apartment building. So then I jump down to the gym and I have like a good, efficient 25 to 30 minute workout. So it's not like because if it was like a whole hour every morning, I would just never make it. Hmm. So this... Because it seems me, so much, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's too big of us, especially in the morning. Who has the mm. time for that? Mm. So it's nice that it's like maximum 30 minutes from I leave my apartment till I'm back in my apartment. And what do you work out then? Cardio, strength? It's a mix. I do three days a week that are different strength training with weights and, you know, body weight and so on. And then two days that are cardio. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And continue. You're done in the gym. Okay, I'm done in the gym. Go back up, have a shower, make a coffee, make my breakfast. And then I kind of. I do mostly at the moment smoothies because I like it to be fresh and something nice that is filled with good like antioxidants and protein and so on and also it's easy because I can kind of drink that while I am getting ready sometimes I'll make it before I go if I'm hungry early on I will make it before I go on my walk and bring it with me so it kind of depends on like my hunger level yeah but um, I used to do intermittent fasting for two years and lost a ton of weight with that so it's been kind of like weird for me to get back into eating breakfast I Mm -hmm. just feel like Mm takes time and like then you have to sit there and eat it so yeah. i just kind of like that it's like a smoothie let's yeah. go you know? let's go yeah yeah um and then yeah then i get ready i leave by i'm also lucky that because you know i'm my own boss so i can make my own schedule so we don't normally go to the office before 10 like we meet in the office at 10 o'clock so you know if i've been up at seven by myself or even seven thirty, i still have like two hours yeah to do all this stuff so it's quite nice mm. so i leave by like the nine, upside of being an entrepreneur yeah. scheduling your own day 
And yeah. I just want to say, in this time, I have not checked my email or anything. Like, mm-hmm. I am not on, probably as a result of that time that I had the stress symptoms, I don't go on my email before I'm physically in the office and go on my computer. Yeah, because then you can actually do something about it. Yes, you can do, you can actually act on it. You can sit down, have your coffee or water, whatever, and then you can actually handle what needs Mm. to be handled Mm. instead of like seeing something on the way down to the gym and now it's like super stressful, you know, Mm. because you don't really have time to respond, but then it's in the back of your head. So, Mm. yeah, so I really try to stay off all those things. And then you're working until... How long? And I work until like five. Mm-hmm. And um, work every day. Working to five. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> every day is super different. Sometimes in the podcast studio. Other days I have meetings, you know, there's a lot of practical stuff as well. So, um, so yeah, every day is quite different. Sometimes we host events. We have to be out for that. So it's a lot of fun, different tasks. Um, but I have very much divided my day for pr- productivity, no matter what the day looks like. I will check my emails as the first thing when I come in, mm-hmm. act on what is like necessary to act on now, put the rest in a follow-up folder and look at it later. Mm-hmm. And then I will s- close down my email completely and then I will check it again one last time, like 30 minutes before I'm done with the day. Mm-hmm. Because it's just such time stealer if you're kind of on your email all day. You'll never get anything done. No, that's true. So, yeah, that is my system. Wow, I like it. And I also like that you kind of have the detox of social media and emails in the morning. And that's something I try to be better at as well. Because there is a lot of things happening and you get that negative thought right away when you see it. Or when you're kind of scrolling through news or whatever, right? Yeah. So... Take it when you are in the mental state of actually handling what's exactly, and it's also a whole thing which I have looked into a lot on the Huberman Lab podcast, which I can highly recommend. Maybe you can throw a link into it. I will. I will. He is super smart, and uh, he's a neuro neuro scientist, and he knows so much about how the brain responds to what and. You know, this thing with being on your phone right before you fall asleep or right after you wake wake up, you're kind of you're not in like a hundred percent wake stage mm-hmm. uh, state. So if you read something bad on the news or you get an email that's a little bit annoying that you need to act on right now, it might have also been an, uh, frustrating if you read it in two hours, but not as much. You know, like then you're up, you are one hundred percent alert. Your brain is ready for the day. And then you can actually handle it in that moment. Whereas if you see it right when you wake up, it completely spikes your stress levels. Um, so everything is feels more intense right after you wake up and right before you go to sleep. And that's just, you do, you do not want to be in that headspace when you read something like that. A hundred percent. That's a good advice. Pretty alert on being calm with yourself in yeah. the first few hours you're awake and the last few hours before you go to bed. And just... I mean, this is something I'm very into, but of course, I'm human like the rest of us. So there yeah. are also days or periods of a time where I'm horrible at this. But you know what? After a little while, I start, I feel my heart pounding like crazy when mm. I'm in bed at night. Mm. And then I know it's because I've been on my phone too much. Like mm. I need to put it back out mm. in that damn closet. <laughs> you know, you know the difference, right? I've also started meditating in yeah. the mornings, which helps me really good to get in that headspace. So there's a lot of techniques and I recommend you also to listen to Busy Girl podcast because there she also shares a lot of her tips and productivity hacks. 
But before we finish off today, there is something we haven't talked about, which I was really curious about. I wanted to talk <laughs> about it all in the, in the beginning, but it's also uh, nice to take it now because you are going to be a mom. Yeah. You have decided to... Yeah, just tell us about what you're doing. Well, I have decided to have a baby on my own. Wow, this is so yeah. powerful. It really feels like the most powerful thing I've ever done. I am 34, almost 35, so I don't feel like crazy age pressure, but also I'm not like 28, you know? So for me, it was a very realistic thing. Actually, when I entered my 30s, I think when I was around 32, I was like, you know what? It's always been my biggest dream to be a mom. And I want to check my fertility. I went and got all the tests because I think it's really important if you know you have this dream at least to know what you're dealing with. And I just knew if they said, oh, it's not looking good, I would have reacted on it already then. Luckily, everything was really great for me, but there is never any guarantees of how long that stays. Mm. So then I got checked again this past year. Everything was still looked still really good. But for me, it was kind of like a gamble, like how long do I dare waiting? And the more I heard about what the options are for being a solo mom, as they call it here in uh, in Denmark. And yeah, what are the a, options there? We have really great options through the system here where it's not, you know, you can get help um, to have, your, whether you are with a partner or not, you can get help for your first baby without any cost, which is amazing. Wow. Through our healthcare. So it's not like a big financial burden, as I know it would be in the US and other places. It would be a very, very, you know, not everyone would be able to do that. So it's really nice that we have these options here. But for me, it always just felt a little bit when I, I had heard about things like this, like, okay, that's something women do if they're 40 and they didn't find a man and all these things. And then you know what? Then I had that reflection over the last few years because I've had several you know, men over the years and dated some longer, some shorter. And I just never really felt like I could be with you forever, you know? <laughs> and like, there were many of them where I feel like they would be great dads, but I'm just like, this just does not be, this is just not what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. And, but then I felt like it's kind of looked down upon maybe, or like a little bit sad or like a depressing thing if you have a baby on your own. But then I did that thing that I told you about where I reflect and I'm like, why do I actually believe that? Is that because Bullshit rules. Is that a bullshit rule? Do I actually think that it couldn't be really amazing? Mm. Or is it because it's kind of like what society tells us? And I realized that actually the only reason why I was going on dates is because I really wanted to have a family. It wasn't because I was like craving a boyfriend or looking for that partnership. Maybe I will one day when I'm older and I'm looking for that. But I actually really enjoy being single. Mm. I really enjoy my life the way it is. I actually mm. don't want to change a thing, but I just really want to be a mom. Mm. And so when I realized that, I was like you know what, it's actually not like a sad, desperate thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It can actually be really empowering and really positive. And I was like, why would I wait several more years when no, I'm, I'm ready now? So I went and this is a good thing about starting maybe a little bit earlier. Yeah. If that's something you're interested in doing is like, I was super lucky. I got pregnant on the very first try by insemination because, you know, On the My first try, congratulations. Good. Thank yeah. you. And that is very lucky that, you know, 
the odds are like 15 to 20 percent that mm. it happens in one try. So it was mm. quite wild and overwhelming, actually. And of course, there's never any guarantees. But I'm just really happy now that I got to this point at this age, because if I had waited maybe four more years or mm. five more years, it might not have been the same situation, mm. you mm. know. Mm. So, yeah, 100 percent. I wasn't satisfied with what I saw, <laughs> like the, just like my business ventures. And yeah. I was like, you know what? I'll just do it myself. Yeah. Yeah. And what's your plans going forward then with your business and stuff? How how are you going to manage that being a mom and running your business? Well, I guess we'll see because I haven't tried it yet. But I'm very lucky that I share my business with my business partner and mm. best friend, Christina. And we are lucky that she has a beautiful little boy, my godson. So he's two and a half. And so she has been on maternity leave a few years ago. So ah. we've tried that whole thing before of how it is when one person is gone for like, you know, she was gone for 10 months. And that was obviously very new to us, but we managed really well. I think it might be harder if you're just one person in your business, but because we're two owners, it doesn't matter if it's me or her doing most of the things. So we, of course, have different qualities. So there, I was a little bit out of my comfort zone with having to arrange the events. She's very much the creative in our business. But, you know, we still managed and it worked really well. We have some great girls in our team that were a big help as well. So she could really just enjoy her maternity leave. And I feel completely calm that it's going to work the same when I go on my maternity leave around Christmas time. Oh, that's so I'm very amazing excited. time to have maternity leave. Yeah. Oh. I just I know the girls are going to do great. Christina is going to handle it all and give me the time to just really be with my baby, but yeah. of course, you know, I don't know if I can be gone like a full year and not do anything, but mm. we're going into 24 with that and then If after six months, mm. I really miss doing, you know, some of this, let's say the podcasting and, and some different activities. You'll then just, we can have just have another we'll just bring person. Her yeah, bring <laughs> yeah. the girl along. Exactly. Oh. Yeah, we know it's a girl. So that's very, very suiting for my life with all this girl power. <laughs> girl power and pink and you'll dress her up in all the pink dresses. 100%. And, yeah. Oh, she'll just be a mini you. Yeah. Um, Let's round off. Uh, I want to also have one of your best advice for other entre female entrepreneurs or other entrepreneurs that want to go into. That. I really think it is to start before you're ready. Mm -hmm. Because so many people, I actually just got a message request before we went into this um, interview on my Instagram saying someone sharing her idea saying she's been thinking about starting this up for five years. You I'm cannot like, think. You need to girl, do What You should have gotten started four and a half years ago then. You know, of course, I think you should always do your prep work, you know, like be smart about it. Write your business mm. plan. It doesn't have to be like crazy detail, but like put some thought into it and and be prepared. But you can only learn as you go. You know, 100%. you can't like think things through like that. You can't think oh then this will probably happen and what will I do you can't have a plan for everything you need to just get out there and I always compare it to babies actually now that we just talked about motherhood quickly it's like a baby doesn't just sit and look at other kids walking for three years <laughs> and one day okay maybe not three like for the first few years and then one day when they're like you know one or one and a half they just stand up and walk you know mm. they they start to crawl and then they will fall and then they will try to stand up and they will fall you know you, it's the same thing mm. 
for us as entrepreneurs or whatever you want to do in your career, you have to get out there and you will fall many times. But like I said in the beginning, that is really when you learn. And those are some of my greatest takeaways and learnings today. So I wish, especially us women, we hold back so much and are like, we don't believe in ourselves enough. You have to just get out there and perfect it. If you go back and listen to the first episodes of Visigal Podcast from 2018, they're absolute shit. Not because of the guests. They were great. But just, you know, I am. I didn't know how to be a, a great interviewer. Yeah, yeah. I was, the sound was terrible. All these things. You, but you have to start somewhere and yeah. learn as you go because yeah. you can't just prepare everything and be perfect from the beginning. Preach, girl. Preach. Yeah. <laughs> and the last question is... Uh, yeah, the standard question. If you got five million kroners right now, what would you spend them on and what would you do with them? I mean, I would put it into our business right away because we have so many exciting plans for our podcast communities. As I told you, you know, we also just started a motivational mom co- mm-hmm. podcast called Momtivation, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a busy girl um, big sister version, which is, you know focusing on motherhood in a positive way and we want to do many more events for the busy girl community but also the new motivation community because we really see how amazing women are when they come together they can share experiences Mm -hmm. lift each other up and yeah we just have so many ideas of things we want to do web shops we want to build for each of the brands with products but of course you know you need some money. You so need some I would money. put it into that yeah. so we could like get get some projects going. Yeah. But oh. hopefully someday. Let's hope you get them. Uh where can people find you and follow you if they wanna check you out? They can follow me well pretty much everywhere at Therese Ask or a busy girl podcast. Yay! Yeah. I will link it down below. And also the podcast you mentioned, Uberman. Huberman Lab, yes. Huberman Lab. Okay, then we have a little tip there if you're into more neuroscience podcasts and learn more about your brain, right? Yep, super <clears throat> interesting. Cool. Teresa, thank you so much for also having me here in the studio in Copenhagen. And thank you for sharing all your thoughts and amazing expertise. Thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast. Yay. I was so excited to. It's so fun to finally be on the other side of the table. I know. <laughs> it's such a weird feeling, right? I know. It is. Thank you so much. Thank you. See you in the next episode. Bye.